Hey, welcome. This is Billy Walker. And I'm Lori, his wife. And we are doing a dive deep or deeper dive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> At some point, we will figure out the name of this podcast. I, I am looking this up again I so that we can definitely one. know what's going on. Deep dive. No. Welcome to NPR Radio. <laughs> Stop. Uh, hey, while she's looking that up, actually... We apologize for not being on the past couple of weeks, but our church it's has been our control. without power. And uh, so our little podcast studio that we usually use has been uh, unavailable to us. And um, Okay, hold on. So Update. Breaking update. news. Update. Breaking news. Dive Deeper with Dive Billy deeper and Lori. With Billy and Lori. Welcome to Dive Deeper with Dive Billy and Lori. Dive Deeper. And what we do is we kind of dive into the <laughs> we service. Dive in. Well, we, we definitely get off track. dive in. We get off track every once in a while. So we, much so that we named our podcast after that. But sometimes there's a squirrel and we follow it. Um, That's you. But needless to say, we are into a series on love. We're still in that series. Um, we've covered a bit more ground, of course, in the past two weeks. But today specifically, we talked about marriage. 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 <laughs> and we talked about the um, the creation of marriage and also some lessons we can learn from Adam and Eve. And we talked about the how it relates to the language of love that we're dealing with. So she was writing ferociously mm-hmm. all isn't of these Isn't there a song? Notes. Every time you say the language of love, isn't there a song... Language of love. I don't know. I think I think you're close, but it's I don't like think a, it's called it's like a animated movie that I'm thinking of. I can't oh. remember. Oh, maybe I'm not sure. I have to remember. Anyway, I am not sure. But um, anyways, we started in Genesis chapter three. Well, two is where we started. Oh, I thought you said chapter when, three twenty one uh, was the first time you mentioned it. Two twenty one. Genesis oh. two twenty one. <laughs> So you're, you're a Two. chapter off. Um, and just that there was no helper, helpmate for Adam. So God caused him to fall into a deep sleep. And he created Eve and brought Eve to Adam. And so anyways, uh, our first point was marriage is completion, not competition. Yep. What do you got? Oh, well, hold on now, because you didn't even go through the whole... The steel, the ideal, the the real. Oh yeah, you yeah, started with those three things. That's true. Yep. To kind of like to... give everybody like a feel for what was coming next, and I thought that was pretty important. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the there steel. is the steel, the real, and the ideal. No, we just said that. <laughs> the steel. So what's the steel? Is Satan. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that in John chapter 10. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. There's no doubt that Jesus came to raise the game. He came to offer us the ideal. Mm. But he knows that we live in the real. Right. And so we oftentimes... So the real is us. Yeah. Like it's like reality. Like, is that what I'm... That's what I feel. The real real and the raw. That's us. And, And... we, we live in the real, and Jesus points us to the ideal, and the ideal is no doubt that Adam and Eve, for a very short time, had the perfect marriage. 
I mean, it was paradise. And we and you also brought it. We don't know how long that would have been. We don't know. We really don't. Because um, it's just because we're in chapter two of Genesis doesn't mean it's yeah. like two days after they exactly right. exactly. We have the tendency to think they had like a day in paradise and then bam, <laughs> and that probably wasn't how it quite worked out. But uh, um, so yeah, we don't know the time period. So for a while they were living in the ideal. And Jesus comes, and I think he kind of points us back to that. Um, but he knows that we're going to live in the real. And the key is, you know, actually, you mentioned it today. What did I lunch, mention? You mentioned that. At lunch? Uh, part of the real is that Satan is continuing to try to steal. Hey, well, wait a minute. Everything has perfect timing in this whole podcast thing. Well, but you, you just totally you brought to out my, my the goods. The ideal and the real and the steal. Yeah, but that was the goods. Okay, so you did. You just talk delivered, about it right and it's now? my thing to deliver. Okay, uh, you blew it. Deliver away. Well, no. Now you got to go into number one. Marriage is completion and not competition. <laughs> Here I am <laughs> competing, <laughs> saying girls rule, boys rule. I had the point. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. So marriage, marriage is, is completion, completion and not, not competition. competition. Right. So it's not a competition between you and the Red Wings. Uh, it's not a competition between me and the kids. And it's not a competition between husbands and wives. It is completion. Eve came, was brought to Adam, and, and Adam was like, this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. It, it was a completion of creation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and we, we did kind of make the point, too, that... It was a good thing that guys were created first, because if he would have created females first, he might have looked down and thought, eh, she'll be okay. But he yes. looked down at Adam and said, something is missing. Not good. He's, he's still in need of so. something wonderful. I did, I did appreciate, though, what you had talked about, Pastor Gilbert, uh, bringing up from Beacon. Yeah. From when we were married in 1986, mind you. Yep. And taken that that man go ahead say that taken from the rib well take it from the rib that and was beautiful the way you shared it dear well it really wasn't mine though it was his but I you mean, remembered remember. it so nicely well i think he probably it was a fixture at any of the weddings that we went to that he did i mean well he, okay he well get that. to the point anyways that you know it wasn't created from the foot so that adam would have dominance over eve she wasn't created from the head so that she would have dominance over Adam, she was taken from the rib, which protects the heart. Yeah. And Isn't that precious? So, again, that just shows the completion of um, creation and mm -hmm. the completion of marriage. So That, that men are babies and <laughs> women need to guard them. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, anyway, but culture, basically everything is competition and culture. Well, yeah, we, we grew so, up in, in yeah. competition. Well, yeah. I mean, you also are, I mean, like I just said, girls rule, boys drool. I mean, you're just inbreded with these little yeah. things well, that kind of feed into. And it's still part of my. my the real. My life. I mean, I, I mentioned it, you know, if, if Craig and I are going somewhere and he takes one way and there's another way to get there, I'll take the other way to see if I can beat him. It's not going to prove anything, and no one cares. But it's just kind of that competitive nature. That yeah, you're drive. very competitive. So, yeah, I mean, I think maybe people. There are some people that are more competitive than others, 
but I think everyone has that that competition part of them. Yeah, so. but you kind of like you kind of have to compete. I, it's almost like you always. Oh, he's bored already. He's yawning, people. Um. Anyway, even when we take when we when we're driving two separate cars. That's what I just said about my brother. If he takes one direction. And there's another way but to But you there. do the same thing Ow. to me because you're very weird about it. <laughs> I will almost, I when we're driving, I will almost like, okay, so if we're sitting in the car, I'm going to suggest going this way and he's going to automatically go the opposite way. So I know right, right from the get-go which direction you're going to go. And I'm always right, but we don't compete. No. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so culture definitely raises us kind of to compete. And uh, the and one thing about the, the steal, the ideal, the real, and here's the point that I was going to say, is the enemy will always, like in this, in this in, instance, it's the enemy will want us to compete. He would want marriage to be a competition. Sure, yeah. Um, and Jesus is, he wants us to go. He wants us to complete each other. Right. Compliment. That's the Complete, next one. yes. Uh, marriage is complimenting, not condemning. Mm-hmm. Was point number two. Mm-hmm. And when Eve came to Adam, he said, at last, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken from man. And I made the point in both services this morning, actually. I said, in the Greek, what Adam really said was, wow. And there was absolutely no reaction from the people. They just, <laughs> cricket, cricket. <laughs> they just kind of sat there and looked at me like, huh? Cricket. <clears throat> that's cricket. not what he said in the Greek. But basically, that's that, what though. it was. <laughs> yeah. There was an exclamation. He was, you know, just thrilled that thrilled. Eve... Um, was now wouldn't it be kind of cool when so. we get to heaven? You could talk to Adam and like seriously. How, what's his? What was his take on that? Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to pull that off. They have to like rent an arena, don't you think? And Adam will speak like three times a day just to get in all the people who want to hear the well, story. I think a lot of women uh, would probably want to have a little conference with Adam Eve, and Eve. Actually, Eve, because yeah. it's going to be kind of like well, they, look they might, what you did to us. They're probably going to both be there. <laughs> so you know. You can, you can hear from them both. Yes. You did speak about isolation, though. Yeah. Um, that we naturally tend to move towards isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, I think that was the final point of um, the completion. Yeah. Because um, we have the tendency to just naturally drift that direction. Even in marriages. So, you know, there are a lot of marriages that where they, they live together, but the truth is they're living two totally different lives. Mm-hmm. And they're living isolated from each other. And so we have to fight against that mm-hmm. isolation. So. Isn't it ironic, though, that with whole, the whole COVID thing, what ended up happening? Oh, yeah. Right? How easy that was. And look at how long, literally, it is taking America to come out of that. Out of their holes. Yeah. Well, And, the, the, and it's slowly happening Thank you, Jesus. It actually, people are starting to gravitate back back into society, but it's there's still people who still, yeah, don't yeah, want to come was, out. Uh, that that definitely, but isolation pushed, um, pushed us 
together in smaller units than what we're used to being all the time, mm-hmm. 24-7. Um, but yeah, we just got to watch against the natural drift of isolation. Um, and we need our own space. I mean, everybody needs their own space. You need your own space. Absolutely. Space, um, please. So we got to have some space, but we don't want to live there. No. And, so and space, we need space to is supposed to be a temporary thing, and isolation is you kind of live there. Yeah. So it's the opposite. Yep. Exactly. So um, then moving on, marriage is complimenting, not condemning. And mm-hmm. so he compliments her when he sees her. Uh, and the other thing is they are complimenting each other. They're living a complimentary life. Um, <laughs> Paul says that we are to compliment our scripture in Philippians. And that doesn't mean that I would say, oh, Lord, what a lovely Bible. It means that you're living your life as a compliment to scripture. So, like, you are big on accessories. And so if you go and get an outfit, it's like, okay, great. You got the outfit. Now you're done. Uh, no. Now you've, you've got You've been get using that illustration for such All a long kinds time. of stuff. I'm not that big in accessories right now. It's really not that. That's not really your winning line right there. But well, it's it, but it's a it's the only illustration I've got. So unless you want to go back and re-record this, I'm going to hang with it. <laughs> no, we only get one one cut. That's okay. it. So um, we it those those items complement the outfit, and that's kind of how we're supposed to live our lives, complementing each other, not condemning, mm-hmm. and. Um, the enemy now. The enemy would the steel would be to condemn. To live, yeah. And to, the to tear down. The ideal down. would be to to compliment. To build up. And yeah. so I also wrote. Remember how sometimes when I'll say, "Does this look all right?" and what it. And then you always say, "Yeah, you look fine." <laughs> I hate that. So men, don't tell your wife, "Yeah, you look fine." It's kind of no, like. No, no, no. Just stop. Okay, we got to go. Hurry up. You look fine. Yeah, I now. Like, you could I, look better. Okay, but part of the reason I do that, and this was. I point, really wish you would have worn that instead no, of this. No, I never say that. That's kind of what I feel. Ever. But I did say, men, compliment your wives, even if it's not accepted, because sometimes wives will downplay that compliment, and then the men will be like, okay, she, she does not even listening or she doesn't care. No, she does keep complimenting. And ladies, wives, compliment your husbands even, even when, when it's not, not deserved. deserved. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because your compliments and your encouragement will push them to be better. And it will have a better impact than what you can even believe would be the case. Because most guys thrive on that kind of encouragement. And it was interesting, that movie we saw, Air... We yes. talked about that, that Sonny Vaccaro has a speech that he gives to Michael Jordan in 1984 to convince him to go with Nike. Nike had no professional athletes at the time, and they spent their whole budget on Michael Jordan. And he tells him, the world will lift you up, you will be a champion, you will be awesome, and the world is going to put you on a pedestal only to tear you down. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of go through the highlights, and you realize that's exactly what happened. But that's what happens in all of our lives to an extent. Uh, the world is it can be a very discouraging place, and so home for married couples needs to be a place where they don't have to worry about coming in and facing more discouragement. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a place where we're building, where we're building each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you got anything else on that? <laughs> no, that's fine. 
Okay. There's other things later that I would like to talk about. Yeah? Yeah. Later? Well, yeah. It's only a few more minutes. Okay. Then we'll deal with it later. Although I will say this, um, and that is that a few days ago we were sitting down to eat, and my wife said she was starving. And I said, honey, you're not really starving. Have you seen people who are starving with bloated stomachs? At which point she said, <laughs> I've seen you with a bloated stomach. <laughs> So evidently that was her idea of a compliment. But needless to say, uh, we're going to move on. What happened in the story is that, of course, Eve, unfortunately, grabbed a bite of that fruit. But Eve it's chose selfishness. She chose selfishness, but so did Adam. Because we, we sometimes gloss over the fact that when maybe you read that bored. story. Maybe Adam was boring. Maybe. I don't know. But, what you, but it says, no, that she, what she wanted was wisdom. She wanted that wisdom that Satan had deceived her into thinking she could have if she ate the fruit. Mm-hmm. And I think that Adam wanted Eve. And so they were both selfish. They were both right there. And they both ate the fruit. And then when God comes looking for them later, they've hidden themselves in the garden. You know, they've sewed fig leaves and tied them together and hid in the, in, in the <laughs> trees. And, you know, all of a sudden he comes breeze. looking for them. And calls out, Adam, where are you? And he says, well, I hid myself because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree I told you not to eat of? And Adam says, first thing he says is, that woman you gave me. Yeah. So all it went from complimenting to condemning uh, in, in that short of a span. And, and instead of taking responsibility, he places the blame first on the woman and then on God. Um, yeah, I and, think the older I have gotten, and I think that culture, since we've talked a little bit about culture, it's just very, like, there's, you always place blame, and it's never, like, it's not on you. Like, it's never something that you've done. It's always a reason why you just did whatever you did, why you said whatever you just said. And I think the older that I have gotten, I seriously... Before I can go there, I really try to think, what did I do? What part of this did I play? Because yeah. that is just, I mean, that's the responsibility of just being a, a decent human being. Because, yeah. no, you are not perfect. And so chances are you did have something to do with this. Yeah, sure. And we don't, I don't think humans really like to do that. Because we always just, it's easier just to blame it on somebody else. Whoever's not in the room, chances are. But... Okay. Anything else? Um, in regards to that point, no. Um, no. So we move on to the third one, which is marriage is commitment, not complacency. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the fact that complacency is the enemy of growth. And so we don't want to get complacent in our passion. And so we opened up that whole can of worms. The commitment to sex. Um, yeah, commitment to passion. And we grabbed a hold of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we just talked about the fact that, um, you know, a good, the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Um, and so don't lose that fire at home. Um, and So you think that's your number one commitment in marriage? Is being committed to your passion? No. But that's where you started. Yes, because 
So I, I find that very kind of like something in your psyche that's your number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, okay. So for most men, it's going to be pretty important. But I just, I, I think that um, a lot of times you get to a certain stage or a certain season and no, you're not in your 20s any longer. And so things just <laughs> begin to fade and you stop with the entire, you know, the the romance, the vacations, the trips, whatever. I mean, we went for a long time without really going anywhere specifically for Darn just too. a vacation. Like, like a decade almost. And so um so yeah, I think I think it's important that, you know, you I guess I think it's important to know you can get back to pursuing the ideal. Yeah, but I think that it's just very because this is the difference between men and women. Because my number one would be your next point on that. Communication. Yes. Yeah. And like communication sure. is like if you're owning up to that communication commitment, it feeds into the whole. Passion. Yeah. And not talking. It's not a matter because you win hands down on talking. And everybody who says, amen, amen. You like to talk. But it's not a matter of, that's not just communication. Sometimes it's, what are you doing? You're looking at your phone. I'm just trying to see where we're at time-wise. Well, I think this is important, Billy. I think. So, anyway. Um, see how you look? <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't know where to go with this thing. Exactly right. Uh. And then you just stopped. That was it. Commitment to sex. And commitment to communication. And then okay. that's it. First of all, commitment to your passion. Let's get it right. Well, but that's you talked about sex. Commitment to, yeah, we talked from 1 Corinthians yeah. chapter 7, verses uh-huh. 3 through 5. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's it's pretty plain in there. Um, also, I thought it was interesting. I think it was David Platt okay. who said that... Um, uh, Come here, it, David Platt. He did, yeah. <laughs> David Platt, what was it you said? Pastor Baker, um, what did I say that? Come here, Paul. He said that uh, the church has done a terrible job of, um, at at best, it's been awkward, and at worst, it's been silent when it comes to sex in marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, and we just kind of forget the whole concept, you know, that God created it and, and that it can be a good thing. Um, but... Correct. If you were to go, I think, to most marriage seminars or retreats, they would start with communication. True. Um, Because that's really the foundation on which you build things. And we need to be able to communicate with ourselves. We need to be able to communicate with each other. And we need to be able to communicate with God. And the importance of all three of those aspects of communication uh, cannot be overstated. Uh, well, and then, and then, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, dear. no, you're good. I'm sorry, dear, to interrupt. However, you ended this morning the second service, and the the take home, the takeaway, like make it stick moment for me was about the feeling part, and how you had said something about feelings, and then I shared with our people how there's a reason for like you have to for how you feel. Yes, and not to be afraid to communicate your feelings. 
You can't just be angry. There's a reason why a person is so angry. There's a reason why people are anxious. There's a reason for all of these. There's something behind all of those. And sometimes you just have to go back into the little crevices of like, okay, so where do these come from? How long has this been affecting me? If it, if it means having, you know, going to a counselor or somebody that can help you dig, dig through that. But I think that it's very common for people not to want to communicate their feelings. They would rather suppress them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically how the communication goes there. Uh, no, it You're is boring. not. You're boring, Lori. It Be quiet. is not. Woman, is back not in the corner. what I am saying at all. Mm-hmm. Don't suppress them. So, no. And part of communication is listening. Mm-hmm. It's not just speaking. It's being a good listener and being an undivided <laughs> listener. Thank um, goodness I'm a good listener. So, and I'm a good listener. No, come on. I don't know. You were just looking at your phone and I was talking. That's because you want me to keep track of how long we have taken. And we've already gone over our time limit. Okay. So right. I was just looking at the phone. Right. However. We're almost so done now. Um, I think also that the part that we have a hard time with is communicating with God. Oh, that was true. Um, that we do it individually, yeah. but we don't do it. To, but we're not together that much, though. Yeah, but either. it doesn't matter. I, mean, I know. We're together enough that prayer time can be a little better than just uh, dinner. Yes. You know? and, and, and for some reason, it's just... And, and I, the only reason we say that is just because if that's something that you struggle with as a couple, well, join the club because it's not easy for us either. And, and I think even, like I mentioned, my parents... Um, they prayed a lot more in the latter years of their marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they just kind of felt and sensed the importance of praying together, even though they were in, you know, over their head ministry early on in their marriage. It was later in their marriage when they when they took advantage of. And, and so I guess that just proves that there's no bad time to start trying to do that more right trying to communicate in our small group in our community group we're doing on prayer yeah and i think that's one thing that we have talked a lot about is the fact that the reason why people don't pray more together or even individually is because we are so self-reliant on things Hmm. yeah so when it comes to marriage sometimes we think you know what we've been married 36 years we got this like yeah and i think maybe the wisdom part comes when you realize it's really nothing that you have done that has brought you this far. Yeah, because no. Lord all, only knows. All grace. <laughs> what could have happened? All grace. Yes. That's for sure. Um, so. But, uh, and then we finished it by just talking about um, an illustration, which I don't need to share again. Is but this the jelly bean one? No. You talked about jelly beans today. I did talk about jelly beans, but this was the illustration about the brother's um, oh, yes. Yeah, and, this is good, because I've got a little part I can add to this. Go ahead. Well, I'm not going to share the whole story. It's just that the, the end of it was that we need to build a bridge rather than building a wall. Mm-hmm. And probably there are couples that have been married, maybe even for a long time. Mm-hmm. And even though there's no physical wall in the home, there is a wall. And they're 
building divisions and brick by brick, comment by comment, condemnation by condemnation, discouragement by discouragement, a wall is going up. And we need to take those bricks down and build bridges uh, between our lives. You want to know one thing I thought about? And we, we need to finish up. I just have two more parts. And that is, um, and this kind of goes next to each other, but passive aggressiveness is very is very key. I think we, like, passive aggressive. So I looked it up while you were preaching. Passive aggressive, the definition is a pattern of indirectly expressing negative feelings instead of openly addressing them. So you just kind of build that wall, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the signs of passive aggressive behavior. <laughs> Cynical, sullen, or hostile attitude, and frequent complaints about feeling un- unappreciated or cheated. You know, I think it's. I think that that passive aggressive is like we're afraid to really come out and say things, so then we just kind of passively just kind of like those little innuendos underneath. Yeah. But and I do think that that kind of breaks into your intimacy with each other too. Sure. Because if you don't able to talk about all that stuff then it's going to come well, it out somewhere a wedge. yeah you know and be... you know what i know what i thought of and this this is my final thing do you remember the judd song the judd's song well they had a few of them yes i know but one of their big ones was love can build a bridge love can build a bridge oh yeah. and i've got them i've got the the lyrics and with this we can stop Go ahead, say something for a minute. Let me look this up really quick. Love can build a bridge by the Judds. We finish our NPR Wait, broadcast. Hold on, hold on. You can't really play this on the podcast. I'm not going to play it. I just I just want to read the down. words. Okay. okay, you can read the words. I would love to play it, though, and I you know, know we're going to play it afterwards. So I gl- I, here's the first verse. I gladly walk across the desert with no shoes upon my feet to share with you the last bite of bread I had to eat. I would swim out to save you in your sea of broken dreams, when all your hopes are sinking, let me show you what love means. And that's pretty good, right? Yep. Um, I would whisper love so loudly every heart could understand that love and only love can join the tribes of man. I would give my heart's desire so that you might see the first step is to realize that it all begins with you and me. See? So now you want to go Google that. Love will build a bridge. Love will build a bridge. It's one of their big, like, you know. It's Casey Kasem. America's top 40. So anyway, that's just. No, that's good. It's always, you're always in a process of moving forward towards the ideal. Yeah. And marriage is definitely that. Yeah. So. So the next time we do this, um, actually, we'll be talking about parenting. And uh, so we'll take this another step as we continue our series on learning how to speak the language of love. So uh, anyways, hope that you can uh, click subscribe in there and just uh, be a consistent listener. Thank you for listening to today. Thank you to our sponsors. Pass it on to someone. (laughs) We don't have any sponsors. If there's someone out there who would like to sponsor <laughs> Billy and Lori, dive deeper. Uh, please contact. Um, we but, could say uh, we're sponsored by anyway, Hiawatha Youth Sponsored Camp. by Calvary Church and Hiawatha Youth Camp. Check us out. So, hey, thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to uh, joining with you again in a few days. Have a good week. Bye. Peace out.